welcome back to the Social Work Masterminds podcast. Um, I am here with my fellow social workers, Chelsea and Julia. Hey. Hello. And today we'll be talking about mental health and kind of giving you like a baseline, like a 101 type of thing for mental health. Um, So yeah, we're really excited to be talking about it. And so yeah, Julia, how was your weekend? It was great. So um, I wrote down Sunday because I was trying to think of like a, a highlight for my week. And so my husband's friends, they had a baby, not, he's nine months old, so nine months ago. Um, sweetest kid ever, but I haven't had time to like actually meet him. The first time that I met him was at our wedding and he was a month old. So I couldn't really do much with him, um, but he was crawling and he, the dogs were following him around. So it was really cute. And that was definitely a highlight of my week. It was a good way to start the week. So yeah, it was really, he was so cute. He was just so squishy. Babies are the best. Yeah. He was, like, he was like scaling our window. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they're like, he's fine. He's just, he's just looking. And then my dog's like looking at him like, what is this thing? And I'm like, that's a great question. I know. He was cute. But yeah, how was your weekends? Um, or your highlights of the week. My weekend was good. My best friend had her baby shower and it went great. Nice. Um, and March Madness started. Yes. So we're recording this right before Duke's first round game. So I'm really hoping that our next podcast, they'll still be in it. So go Duke. Um, but overall it was a good week. Nice. Um, overall my weekend was good. Um, I felt productive because I actually did a lot of like cleaning my my bedroom and then my spare bedroom and mm-hmm. I decorated everything and it just felt so nice. <laughs> I felt like an actual adult because I felt like I was still living like the college life <laughs> yep. since I lived by myself and I'm like, meh. So I finally decided to be an adult <laughs> and put up like more of my decorations and buy more things and I don't know, just it made me feel more at peace and it just made my room feel like more like cozy and... I don't know, just, it really did something, and it felt great. Um, Good. So, yeah. Nice. I love cleaning. I wouldn't love say it. I love cleaning. Oh, I love it. Depends on my mood. That. It depends really? on the day. Well, so, and we'll get into this later, but, like, cleaning is one of my coping. Oh, in yeah, a positive, but also in a negative way. Okay. Because when I don't want to deal with anything, I just clean, not to distract myself. Mm. Working on that. Um, but every Sunday, my routine is wake up like take my time then I go do my errands and then I come in and I like just clean my entire house it's like the best way to like Mm -hmm. decompress for the week and I have a clean house for the week I do it every single Sunday it's a great routine yeah how did you get into it um my anxiety (laughs) (laughs) okay to be honest with you like and I think I strive off of like structure and routine. Yep. Yeah. And I don't have time during the week. That's right. fair. I'm like I'm exhausted after work. Oh yeah. And I like sometimes I'll clean after work if it's really bad. Mm-hmm. But I, my wonderful husband has this fun thing where he when he gets home and he changes, he throws everything in the laundry. Or we both like throw our clothes on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then we just don't put it away. So there's just yeah. piles of clothes. And then on Sundays I pick everything up, I do laundry, and then like that's my routine. And then that's just how I thrive. That's fair. That's just what I do. Nice. So to answer your question, my anxiety. I like it. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Can I tell a funny story before we get started into the rest of the podcast? Yes. Of course. Okay. 
So I was getting ready for work today. We had a conference day today. And so that means that I have to wake up an hour earlier than I usually do, <laughs> which is a struggle for me. Um, I am not a morning person. And I was getting ready and I was walking down my hallway and all of a sudden there was a drip of water on my shoulder. <gasps> no. Yes. And I just stopped in my tired haze and I was like, how did this happen? What is going on? There is nothing on the second floor that uses water. It is not roof. It is just a little hallway that is between the first and second floor. And so I was freaking out. Like, I'm going to have to demolish my house to find this leak or this burst pipe or what ha- what's happening. And so I go upstairs to try and figure it out. And it turns out it was the perfect spot for my cat, Charlie, to knock over my seltzer water <gasps> from the night before. And because of where it landed, it was right by the heat vent. So it just like was able to drip right down through and onto my shoulder. Wow. So thankfully it was an easy cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> an easy problem to solve, but I was freaking out a little bit, worrying that I wouldn't make it to the conference day. So better than my hole in the ceiling. That's true. That is true. I don't know if it's a hole. I think it's like a large gap. It's like a gaping a hole. Skylight. Yes. <laughs> That, that, that doesn't touch the sky. <laughs> it's just... I, I swear an animal was about to crawl through it the other night, <gasps> and I was about to lose my oh. mind. Mm-hmm. Not fun. Because my cats were like, what is it? And it was like oh, staring no. like into like the hole, and I was like, I You're swear like... to all of the gods, <laughs> oh, no. I will flip my lid if an animal crawls through that effing hole out of my ceiling hell no <laughs> i'm pretty sure we have squirrels in our attic Don't like over our bed i hear like scratching. yes that's and what I'm, like, I'm so scared of i woke up in the middle of the night and i was exhausted so i was like half asleep and i'm like and we have a google and it plays like relaxing music when mm-hmm. i fall asleep i mm-hmm. feel like i'm in a spa like every time it's just like mm-hmm. relaxing mm-hmm. and i like woke up and i was like is that the music and i was like what is that? And then I heard like squeaking and then I heard like the scratching and I was like, oh, oh my no. God. And it drove me nuts. And then more recently I hear it more and more and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's probably like 10 squirrels living in my attic. They've all multiplied Great. and now we're going to have to go in during the spring and get them out. I don't know what they are, but they're living up there. It happens like in the living room. I hear them. I hear it all over the place. I hear it oh my place gosh. too. That's why I'm like, oh. yeah, it's probably a squirrel. Great. I mean, squirrels are cute. And t- not in my house. They're cute. I'd rather be in my house until they damage your house. I know, but or one of my cats attacks it. Ooh, True. Yeah, that would be good. No. Well, the one would probably think it's its friend. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think they're cute. Okay. Well, it's good that you're the one with the squirrel problem then. I know. <laughs> yeah, let's keep it that it way. It doesn't first. bother me. I'm just like, oh, it just lives up there. Like I don't even realize it anymore. Mm-hmm. I hear it. I'm like, that's oh, all right. He'll be out in the spring. <laughs> Just hibernating. It's fine. All right. I love it. Back on track now. I know. <laughs> as we as as we digress. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about the basics and foundation of mental health. Like Rebecca said, uh, mental health one hundred and one. Um, so we did a little bit of research this time, and we will add some links to the description of this episode, so you can get all the information that we're talking about. Um, but we went to Mental Health America uh, and their website to get some statistics. And then we also went to just uh, the CDC and um, government websites to just get some 
basic definitions. So I'm going to read a couple things for you and then we're going to talk about them. Um, so the basic definition that we have for mental health is that it includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is an important step at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. Over the course of your life, if you experience mental health problems, your thinking, mood, and behavior could be affected. Many factors contribute to mental health problems, including biological factors such as genes or brain chemistry, life experiences such as trauma or abuse, and family history of mental health problems. So we have a lot of experience, you know, understanding mental health because of our roles and our education, um, but I know a lot of people tend to struggle with really understanding what mental health looks like. Um, sometimes we throw terms out just, you know, randomly mm -hmm. th saying like, oh, I'm so bipolar today, or, mm -hmm. you know, um, and so I think it's really important that we get these foundational understandings of mental health so that we can really utilize the support networks, support networks that we have and to um, really validate people that are struggling with their mental health. Because we were talking before as we were planning the podcast and saying like, it feels as though every single person in the world will have experienced anxiety at one time or another in their life that is clinically significant enough that they could have an anxiety diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. But if they don't understand mental health or, you know, they're not in a place to seek help, then they're not getting the support that they need. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we think it's so important to get this basic understanding. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's also important to recognize because some people would be like, oh, well, I would never suffer or mm -hmm. suffer. Um, struggle. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> struggle with mental health, right? Like, it, like they would never happen to them type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, but that's not true right. because anyone with a brain can struggle with mental health. Right. Um, you know, it, it's not just, you know, only, you know, only you, only you sprinkle right. here and there. Like everyone can struggle with mental health. Like it's not just one specific population or one specific gender or anything among those lines. Yeah. Um, and it's also, I also don't think it's anything to be ashamed of either. Cause I think some people are like, Oh, like you know, I have depression or I struggle with anxiety. It's almost like they don't want, you know, it's, it's almost like they're shameful of it. Yep. Um, right. So also just to like normalize that it is, you know, it, it is normal to struggle with, yeah, it's... with mental health, whatever mm -hmm. you may struggle with. Right. And I think to go back to your point of like the shame piece or like keeping it on the down low, like I think that is a societal and a historical thing. Yeah. Like if you think mm -hmm. back to, i don't have the correct years, but way back when we first had psychiatric wards, like yeah. those were very inhumane and Ooh, God, yeah. very awful places. But yep. the messaging that we got from that was, in in my opinion, is like anybody who struggles with mental health is like crazy, crazy, or like mm -hmm. a monster, or like this person that can't be a human. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's not true. And I think when I think that's the biggest stigma of mental health is. Yep it's always linked back to history and mm -hmm. those instances. And I think it's important to understand that you can have like small moments of anxiety or small moments of depression, like throughout your life without right. it being mm -hmm. so clinically significant. Yes. Yep. 
Um, and I think some people don't recognize that. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like you had said in the beginning, um, some people then flip it where they're kind of like loose about the terms about like, oh, I'm so anxious today or oh my gosh, I'm like very bipolar or mm-hmm. or I'm very manic, like things like that. And then, then we don't know what those words have as an impact to some people. Yep. So like, when it comes back to like language, it's really important to take a step back and be like, hmm. Mm-hmm. What does this mean before I say it out loud? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think that can go into a lot of different conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's part of that comes back to you don't know what someone else is dealing with. Mm-hmm. So if you are talking to someone who has generalized anxiety and you talk about feeling so anxious today about something that can be perceived as insignificant, you could be invalidating that other person's experience, right? Right. And so we we do want to be really careful and cognizant of the language that we're using and how we're using it so that we can support each other Mm -hmm. because it is such a common experience to struggle with mental health at some point in your life, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we did some research, like I said, and I actually have some statistics that I'd like to read um, that kind of plays into that. So these are from Mental Health America, Um, Like I said, we'll add the link below. And it says nearly one in five American adults will have a diagnosable mental health condition in any given year. And 46% of Americans will meet the criteria for a diagnosable mental health condition sometime in their life. And half of those people will develop conditions by the age of 14. So like Rebecca, you were saying, it's not something that is specific to one group, one age, one demographic it it's so prevalent across mm-hmm. everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's that language piece is just so important, so we can destigmatize mental health and support each other. Because mm-hmm. I know sometimes, like when I was a therapist um, in an acute setting, and I know some of the the kids I work would work with, they're like, "Why me?" Mm-hmm. They, you know what I mean? They would be like, "Why me? Like, why am I struggling so hard?" when no one else is and it's and it's hard to you know to vet, to help them ma- you know manage those thoughts and those mm-hmm. feelings because i can't even imagine what they were going through at at mm-hmm. that point in time in their life being in an acute setting being 12 years old the youngest i've had mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so like i think the best that i could do was just explain like it could happen to anyone yeah you know what i mean and yeah. and it, and it's hard it, it is a really hard thing sometimes to grab to like bring your mind around like why me sometimes it's almost like why me like why why am I struggling with it but also recognizing that it can anyone can struggle with it sometimes we may not even realize someone's struggling as well yeah because statistics only go so far right like Mm -hmm. telling a 12 year old well if we look at this the number of U.S. adults with depression is 17.3 million that means nothing to them right right? (laughs) because it's not within their realm of Mm -hmm. understanding and capacity to Right. Um, handle. So being able to talk about it and validate for other people like, oh, this person's struggling with it too. And so you're, you're not alone and you're mm-hmm. not internalizing that shame and guilt around mental health is, is vital to being able to support our, our entire country and the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I definitely think was key in that acute setting because it, it was a group setting. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of them finally were able to be like, oh man, like you actually know what I'm going through. Yes, you know what I mean? They were, me. Yes, and they were able to finally find that connection and realize I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. And again, and, and I think that's why we also wanted to create this podcast 
for people to understand and be like, oh man, like I'm not the only one right. that struggles with this. I'm not yeah. the only one that has these thoughts or these feelings mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. And, you know, it relates back to why we're doing this is mm-hmm. the sense of that sense of community, I think, yep. um, that sense of being understood or being able to relate, yeah. which is huge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think for me personally, I, I want people to understand that even when things are going well for you, like in your life, you can still have these pockets and these moments of really difficult mental health and it's okay, right? Yep. And like we can talk about it. And so, I mean, like I said, on a personal note, earlier this week, I was out sick for a day and all I could do, I just had these ruminating thoughts about one particular student that I've been working with that I just can't seem to support in a way that my expectations are met mm-hmm. of how I need to support him, mm-hmm. right? And so I was like super anxious and was getting the physical sensations that I typically get, which is like the tingling in my fingers and my feet and stomach ache, not really hungry. And by like noon of that day, I was like, what? I need to like step back. Like mm-hmm. I'm homesick because I got the stomach bug that's going around our community. And all I'm doing is just sitting here making things worse. So I made sure that I had therapy this week and that was super helpful and then was able to kind of take a step back and use a little bit of mindfulness which I've already plugged in previous episodes and talk about how other things might be playing into the anxiety around this and I I figured out there's some other stuff going on too that I think I was projecting a little bit of that into Mm -hmm. the situation yeah um because his day ended up going okay when I wasn't here so that was a good thing but like I don't I don't consider myself in a really difficult mental health space right now. Mm-hmm. I think things are going pretty great for me, mm-hmm. but Tuesday just sucked and yeah. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reality and it's important to be able to talk about that so our coworkers and our family and friends can understand that when things are really hard, we talk about it and mm-hmm. it helps us to move forward and mm-hmm. to recognize it and and see, is this something that's clinically significant that I need to go get some extra help? Or is it something that I need a space to vent, get advice, and move forward? Mm-hmm. I've got so. another analogy. Please. So I used to use this with my kids about like treat about generally like therapy and treatment and stuff, but I think it also pertains to mental health too. I said it treatment's like a roller coaster, right? Typically we would all just love it just to be that straight diagonal line all the way up the hill, right? Just, nope, that's not how it works, Mm -hmm. right? So I would say we, it's like a roller coaster, right? We have our ups, we have our downs. Sometimes we go a little backwards. Sometimes we even go upside down, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? So it's not just that straight linear line that we want of going all the way up. It's that roller coaster. We have our ups or downs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels like we twist. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we have no idea where we are on the roller coaster. (laughs) Um, You know, so I think that's the same thing with mental health right yeah and not just treatment but mental health overall right. and just I think just life in general too because mm-hmm. um, I know like there's like for the most part I would I would agree with Chelsea that I'm generally speaking in a pretty good space in my mental health mm-hmm. but there are some days especially if I have a really rough day or rough week at mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. and I literally cannot leave my bed mm-hmm. on Sunday or mm-hmm. over the weekend and I've physically just am so exhausted i'm i just sleep or i just feel like i'm on the verge of tears mm-hmm. um you know and and that's where recognizing okay like like i just saw my therapist i think on 
Wednesday? I don't know. Sometime this week. <laughs> All the days have been mushing this week, not going to lie. <laughs> All together. Um, you know, but that was a, you know, that was a great time for him to be like, this is what, you know, able to process what's going on and being okay. Like, is it just my anxiety overworking me? Mm-hmm. You know, that type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a roller coaster. Mental health, life, treatment, mm-hmm. you know, nothing is ever picture perfect. Nothing's ever going to go the way that you're expecting it to. It's learning how to roll with the punches almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, I don't think I really ever learned about mental health or like socio-emotional skill. Like, I don't mm-hmm. remember learning about any of that. Uh, but I do remember my therapist when I was younger said that uh, my anxiety doesn't define me, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I took. I still hear that. Like, every day I listen to that thought in my head. Is sitting down in that session with her when I was younger and her saying, like, you can't let your anxiety take over your whole mindset. Yeah. Because that... It can, will. It, it will. Because anxiety is a strong feeling. It's a bitch. Um, it is. It's, <laughs> she's the worst. Not going to mm-hmm. lie. Um, and it, it's strong to combat that. And I think yeah. a lot of times when, when we're feeling those, like, things of anxiety or depression or, or whatever we're feeling, we, we get scared that we don't want to, like, confront those feelings and we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want to face it, I guess. Yeah. Make it real. Make it real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think learning, like, as I've grown up as to become an adult, like, we talk about, like, your lovely analogies and, like, <laughs> the bottle, like, the bottle of soda. Like, if I don't talk about it, mm-hmm. I will explode. Yeah. Yeah. Or I will break down. And I think it, it people have to learn or at least try to start talking about how they're feeling, whether that's with, like, their spouse or their parents or their siblings or whoever they're close with. I think that's, like, the biggest thing is just to start talking. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think, too, like, some people think, like, therapy doesn't work because oh. it's just talking. I'm like, well, that's also the therapeutic piece is, like, you have to get things out of your mind either by writing, mm-hmm. saying, or doing. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing any of those then it's going to be very full in your brain yeah yeah and also i'm not gonna lie therapy is not for the weak to be honest like if Mm -hmm. you are actually really trying to do therapy and dig right into it you're facing the things that hurt you yeah you're facing the things that you might do that's maybe not the healthiest like Mm -hmm. i i think back so like what i started going back to i started doing therapy to really start working on like my history because since i'm adopted um, I think I have a lot of baggage that comes with it. I'm not just saying it's just adoptees that struggle with this, but I know that stems from my adoption is like my attachment issues, my abandonment mm-hmm. issues and things like that. And it started to really impact my relationships that I would have with mm-hmm. people. And I would recognize like I was dating this one kid for a long time. And I remember I, would, I didn't recognize it in the moment, but looking back, I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like I would purposely... Not physically, but I would purposely, like, push him away, like, emotionally and, like, yeah. test yep. him to see if he would leave me. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy. And I did not recognize it in the moment. But once I started going to therapy and once I started connecting with other adoptees, I'm like, oh, my Lanta. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I need to start working on this or I'm never going to have a healthy mm-hmm. relationship. But, in, but that's hard work. That's really hard it to is. look inside and being like... Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect and I have and I struggle with a lot of things and you have to be ready and willing to face what's going on because if you are just going there to not really to put the work in yeah it's it's actually not gonna work Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know I think about like 
I know some people that go and they're just like, yeah, they don't touch base on what they really should be because mm-hmm. we don't want to face the facts. Right. right. And I think, like, there was a part of me when I first started therapy, I didn't want to face the facts. Oh, it's yeah. hard. And there were some things that happened, like, throughout my life where I, I don't want to, like, no one wants to talk about the things that are really hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I think what's nice about therapy is that you're in a safe place. Yes. I hope that you're in a safe place. Yep. Um, yep. With a professional that is a third party that has no bias or judgment about your life and has mm-hmm. no idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's nice about therapy is I can just say things to her and she just either she'll challenge me, which right. sometimes I'm like, I don't need that right now. Yep. Like, <laughs> I, I just need you to listen. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, okay, but that's what I need. Like I need someone to yeah. just sit, listen, help me process and figure out next steps. Cause I'm always a like next step type of person. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how I work. Just always planning yeah. things. Mm-hmm. But. I've seen I, uh, what you just said. Remi- I've seen like a picture of like kind of like describing like therapy or like social work or something among those lines. And it was like a picture, or, like an outline of like what you assume a client and, and above their head is like that little thought bubble and all of its like different colored, like we'll call them um, strings. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're all yes. like enmeshed together, all kind of busy. Mm-hmm. But as they're taught, it's almost like, and then you see, like, the color starting to become individual and into their own little groups above the therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like that, it's a, it's a symbolic way of, like, all of your thoughts, all of that stuff, whatever you're going through is all jumbled in your head. Mm-hmm. And then talking to someone, they're able to help you kind of pinpoint different yep. things and help you organize your thoughts. Because mm-hmm. yep. sometimes your thoughts don't make sense when you struggle, when you are struggling with mental health. Yeah. Because sometimes I think about like anxiety and depression can really cause you to, to not to have like these thoughts of that are actually not realistic. They're actually oh, yeah, not distorted thinking. Yes. Thank just... you. Like it's real. It's, and sometimes yeah. it's hard. So sometimes having that third party being like, listen, honey, like that, that that's catastrophic thinking or that's mm-hmm. such and such, whatever, yep. you know? So I think that's, you know, another key point in mm-hmm. that therapy is they're able to kind of help you weed through yep. what's real, yep. what's not real, what's helpful, mm-hmm. what's not so helpful, what's healthy, maybe not so healthy, yeah. um, you know? Yeah. Well, it's also like facing the facts. Like another part of my therapy before, and I struggle with anxiety, is fighting the anxiety with your facts. Like, what's mm-hmm. real? And yep. that's hard. Yes. Yes, when I'm in those moments where I'm just constantly thinking and worrying and I can't stop my brain and I try to mm-hmm. spit, like, okay, that's not real. This is a fact. Like, I have to do that so many times. Reframing. Yeah, yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's, it is. It's, as it's I said, hard Anxiety's work. a bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a bitch. She is not <laughs> nice. Yeah. But I try to put the work in therapy. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. Right. No. Yeah. And I think I was just having this conversation with um, a coworker around being reflective. And self-reflection is such a critical skill to positive mental and emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And it is not something that we're taught how to do mm-hmm. in any part of our education. Unless you go specifically into a mental health field, there is not a self-reflection development course, Mm -hmm. right? And so 
I, in talking with her, we were talking about supervision and, and how to give feedback in um, supportive and constructive ways. And part of that comes from staff and just people being able to be self-reflective and not get defensive around the feedback that they're getting. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that if you have not learned the skill to be self-reflective and to be able to take in that information, recognize your emotional response to something, take a step back, and when you have settled your emotional response, be able to think more critically and rationally about it, and then, you know, like you said, get some clarity around those jumbled thoughts. Um, and so I think that's a huge piece that we need to work on in our roles that we, as much as we can, is helping our students and our staff to build those self-reflection skills Mm -hmm. to be able to identify their needs and you know those that distorted thinking a little bit and one of the ways to do that is through therapy for Mm -hmm. sure to be able to do that it reminds me of wise mind what Mm -hmm. you were just talking about that's exactly what i was thinking so like Mm -hmm. wise mind is like one side is the emotion mind one side is the logical mind and then Mm -hmm. in the middle is that wise mind right so we always want to try and use that wise mind because we want to use both minds. We want to have a little bit of that motion, but we also want to have a little bit of that logic, right? right. And then that becomes that wise mind. Because if you think about, if you think back to a time when you reacted and it was just strictly on emotion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, probably. Probably didn't go so well. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. And then same thing with the logic. If you don't right. have any emotion and you're only truly basing your reaction or like your response on something that's only logic, you're missing a piece. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. So it, it just remind me of that of that wise mind. Because yep. I know sometimes I tend to be more emotion mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so sometimes yep. I'm like, wait a minute, I catch myself and I got to I got to take a step back and being like, OK. What's the facts? Mm-hmm. What's the data? You know, whatever the case. So I can be in that wise mind and not just react on my emotions because sometimes that's not going to, it's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, it might, but not be in the healthiest way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I definitely react more on the emotional side than the logical side. Yeah. It's really hard. Or in the middle. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Emotions just, especially after like a really stressful week and you don't get to process those emotions, that's when I, I see the more emotional side of my brain really reacting to a lot of things, mm-hmm. which is not always the best. Mm-hmm. But learning to stay, take a step back and reframing my thoughts and reflecting and thinking about, okay, before I answer this question or before <laughs> I respond yep. to so-and-so or before I say something that I regret, what do I want to say and how can what I say impact that other person? Right. Um, and I think that's been a huge growing point, but that takes, like we've been talking about, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And that's like one of the tenets of our roles as social workers, right? We have to, we have to have that empathy piece. We have to mm-hmm. be able to listen to our gut and understand our emotions, but then also use that rational logic piece. Mm-hmm. And so if you didn't get the graduate school programs that we did and the the skill development through Mm -hmm. those it's gonna be a longer journey for you but it's like I keep saying it's so critical to be able to reflect on your responses on everything that you're struggling with and be able to move forward and Mm -hmm. if if there's a way that we can incorporate self-reflection into like the tenets of our social emotional learning for mm-hmm. schools, I think that would make a world of difference for these 
generations that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So we'll kind of dive into kind of like early warning signs. Um, if you are, you know, experiencing mental health problems. Um, again, this is not like oh my God, you definitely have it. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like an overall arching, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, idea? Umbrella. Umbrella? Yeah, yeah umbrella. Um, I've been struggling with my words today. Sorry. Right. So. <laughs> Late in the day. Yes. Um, so yeah, some of the early warning signs could be like eating or sleeping too much or too little. I definitely eat way more than I should when I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, pulling away from people and usual activities, um, having low or no energy, feeling numb or like nothing matters, having unexplained aches and pains, feeling helpless or hopeless, um, smoking, drinking, or using drugs more than usual, feeling unusually confused, forgetful, on edge, angry, upset, worried, or scared, Yelling or fighting with family and friends, um, experiencing severe mood swings that causes problems in relationships, having persistent thoughts and memories you can't get out of your head, hearing voices or believing things that are not true, thinking of harming yourself or others, and inability to perform daily tasks like taking care of your kids or getting to work or school. Um, And I think just reading the early warning signs, that's you know a lot more so of like it falls more so underneath underneath of like that depression Mm -hmm. anxiety Mm -hmm. type of stuff and again you know just because you have one of these doesn't mean you automatically have depression or anxiety just to put that out there um so don't go diagnosing yourself please um you know but i think it is important to kind of recognize those signs Mm -hmm. um because sometimes you may not even recognize what's what's going on i know we touched base a little bit about it on um in our last podcast Mm -hmm. um and that's you know about burnout so sometimes those symptoms can actually be the same Mm -hmm. um and i think the most important thing is also kind of recognizing it that kids will also have right will also be able to have like some of these warning signs Mm -hmm. um like i know Um, When I worked with adolescents in the acute setting, one of the biggest symptoms, actually, for depression is irritability. Yes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I know kids are irritable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that's sometimes that's common. Um, But it actually is it. It's actually one like one of the biggest um, Mm -hmm. symptoms in um, MDD or major depressive disorder in children Mm -hmm. or in adolescents, I should say. but yeah, so those are kind of like the kind of like early warning signs. Um, yeah. I see them as like the yellow flags. Like yes, it's, it's not a red flag that you immediately need to reach out and get support, but it's like, ah, let me just note that mm-hmm. I'm yes. starting to struggle with not being able to fall asleep or whatever, so that you can see about what you need to do to fill your bucket back up. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I will. I'll share a personal story. So this past summer, I got married, um, which was awesome. It was mm-hmm. the best time ever. I would go back and relive that day I every day I knew of my you life. So I can be invited. Oh, it was. No. It was amazing. It was gorgeous. The day was perfect. Have another one so I can go. You know what's funny <laughs> is after the story, I'll tell you this. But, um, so I, after I got married, and people who have gone through like that process of planning, we planned the wedding for two years. Mm-hmm. Building up, building up, building up, building up. It happened, and then nothing. Right. Like and then it's just over. And then it's over. Yep. Yep. And then I was like, "What the heck? That's it." 
<laughs> I was like, I just spent two years planning this huge day. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, COVID did not ruin our plans at all. Like, we kept the, our date. We didn't have to change anything. We didn't have to cut our list. So it was perfect. Um, I had stopped seeing my therapist last spring because I was like, okay, like things are calming down. Like I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. The wedding's coming up this summer. You know, we just bought a house. Everything's great. And then, um, after the honeymoon, we came home and then work started again. And I just plummeted. Like I remember sleeping so much and I remember making a mental note, like, you know, I'm sleeping an awful lot mm-hmm. and I have a lot of these thoughts about like my anxiety and I'm starting to not want to do things anymore. And I just felt myself like slowly withdrawing and I was like, something's just not right. And it was like a signal to me, like those early warning signs, like, Hmm, I should really get back to my therapist. <laughs> so unfortunately my therapist had left the practice and then I decided to also leave because I was really comfortable with her. Um, but then I went back to that practice and I got a new therapist who I absolutely love. Um, but my biggest mistake was definitely taking that break in counseling. Mm -hmm. I wish I stayed, but I remember, so going back to what you were saying about getting married again, my mom's like, maybe you should just get married again. It'll make you, it'll make (laughs) you feel so much better. I was like, no, yeah, sure. And I yelled at um, Mark and I was like, Mark, my mom thinks we should get married again. He goes, what if we just, like, got a divorce? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. That works, too. <laughs> that's totally fine. But then we'll get married later. He goes, yeah. It's like, okay, great. But, like, those warning flags, warning signs, flags, really told me, like, you need, need, to, get... You need to get back in. Because mm-hmm. it was probably the lowest I've ever felt. Um, and that wasn't that long ago. And yeah, I think yeah. about, like, even those few couple months back into therapy, like, I feel much better. Mm-hmm. And I still struggle with things. Like, obviously, things don't change overnight. Mm-hmm. But... I think the biggest indicator to me was the sleeping. Like I was just sleeping a lot and then um, the not wanting to do literally anything. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I didn't want to clean my house. I yep. didn't want to do laundry. I didn't want to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are the major signs for me mm-hmm. when I see that I'm starting to slip off of my mental health and like taking care of my brain because your brain runs all day. Like, yeah. if you think about all of your neurons that are just running yep. mm-hmm. every millisecond. I think millisecond, it's like 60,000 thoughts a day. It's insane. It's wild. It's insane. And mm-hmm. with everything else that goes on in just a day-to-day life, then add all the layers of work, mm-hmm. personal mm-hmm. life, personal relationships, friends, yep. culture, everything, It's your brain just needs a break. Yep. So that's my personal story and the warning signs. But I was able to get back into therapy and really take care of myself and... I turn it around yeah so yeah but um part of like the mental health piece is taking care of yourself like that wellness so oftentimes you hear like a wellness calendar or um may is mental health awareness month oh, yeah. so doing things to promote destigmatizing mental health but mm-hmm. also being able to take care of your own self physically and mentally yeah. um we have a resource that kind of talks about positive mental health um, which basically means just putting your your mind in a better position um, and not have all those negative thoughts and mm-hmm. kind of running on that hamster wheel of like nonstop um, negativity, I guess I would frame it as. Yep. Um, but some of the things that it could help you do is coping with the stresses of life. So like I talked about, like the multiple layers that you go through every day on a daily basis, um, work productivity. I can never say that word right. 
productivity yeah um will definitely increase like there's a lot of things that when you're a better mental space that you can get more done mm-hmm. um so when i talked about like my cleaning i get a lot done when i'm in a better mental space just yeah. able to work more get more things done around the house or at work mm-hmm. um and ways to kind of get through to yourself is like obviously like different coping skills connecting with others so we talk a lot about like positive relationships healthy relationships um getting professional help we love therapy here oh yeah so that's definitely a a big thing um also if you are interested in getting therapy but not sure where to start you can always go to psychologytoday.com yep um and you can kind of just search up your location by zip code and it'll kind of tell you private practice i think it'll tell you like um, interested they specialize yes mm-hmm. in different something. Speciali- like specialties and then also like instead of private practice what are they called clinics clinics thank you mm-hmm. agencies clinics um sliding fee scales all of that yep. they also check with your employer some employers um provide access to clinics to receive some sort of therapeutic um, treatment mm-hmm. and that is always a good thing to check out so reach out to your human resources department um, to see if they offer any um, services like employee employee assistance programs. Is nope. that what it's called? Yeah, EAP. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So definitely check that. Um, on here it says getting enough sleep. I know everybody says get enough sleep, but sometimes that's hard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think now it's like eight and a half hours of sleep. Yeah, I, I think believe so. it's like eight it's and hour, eight and a half hours of sleep is a recommended amount. Um, I like to play like really relaxing music when I fall asleep instead of listening to the TV because the blue light and the noises yeah. really freak me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? <laughs> Getting physically active. Yesterday I went on a really long walk and nice. that like boosted my serotonin. Wow. So either indoors or outdoors. I know a lot of people take hikes. Like mm-hmm. I have friends that just backpack oh, all that. over the place and they're always like loving life. Mm-hmm. So anything, anything like that will really help your mental health and, again, fill your bucket right. to get you back to a better place. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things when we talk about mental health wellness that is kind of left to the side, um, the way that I frame it, I work from a function-based thinking model at, at school and so we have like our problem behavior, we have our desired behavior, and then our replacement behavior. So the problem behavior obviously is the problem that we're struggling with. The desired behavior is what our ultimate goal is. And we clearly can't go directly from the problem behavior to the desired behavior. Mm-hmm. So we have to come up with that replacement behavior. And in one of the lower times, as far as my anxiety um, and mood affecting my well being, in talking with my therapist, she was like, Chelsea, what is your replacement behavior going to be then? If you don't have the motivation to get to your like desired behavior of mm-hmm. cleaning your house or you know, um, going to hang out with your friends, what's the replacement behavior? Because obviously completely isolating, just laying on your couch is not going to be positive for your mental well-being. What is the in-between that you can do? So giving yourself the grace to utilize those replacement behaviors instead mm-hmm. of, you know, she calls it flogging yourself um, and, you know, guilt tripping yourself for not doing that desired behavior and getting stuck in the problem behavior if you kind of meet in the middle and compromise mm-hmm. with yourself. So one of my replacement behaviors was I'm going to go play with my rabbit because I can't 
I don't have the energy to get up and actually do something with my friends or my family. Mm -hmm. I don't have the emotional capacity to like talk to people, but I can get in my rabbit room and just play with my rabbit. And that was like how I could fill my bucket back up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a really important piece that doesn't get talked about a lot because we, a lot of people can hear this list of Mm -hmm. how we can take care of ourselves. Self-care is like this big buzzword now, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But self-care can look differently for everybody and it doesn't have to be the ultimate spa day healing exercise for 45 minutes and then get your eight and a half hours of sleep. It Mm -hmm. can be five hours of sleep because you got two last night Mm -hmm. and having dinner instead of skipping it, right? Yeah, it's like that opposite action to emotion, yeah. right? So that's one of the coping skills I used to use with some of my kids at mm-hmm. at the acute setting, right? So even for some, their defeat was to get out of bed, mm-hmm. to take a shower, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. sometimes when you are severely depressed, just getting out of bed is a huge win, yeah. right? So even just giving yourself that grace and recognizing, you know what, like, I, even though I was able to do... I was able to do this, right? Mm-hmm. I, I did do it, right? So for sometimes, like, for me, like, sometimes it is, like, I'm like, you know what? I just got to take a nice, long, hot shower, maybe put on some new clo- new, new clothes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or even if it's just, like, moving from my bed to my couch. Even though that's not the biggest thing, it's better than just laying in bed mm-hmm. the whole entire weekend, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes it's those small little things that you're not always yeah. going to have those leaps those bounds it's yeah. that small little thing oh I got another analogy actually of course you do <laughs> <laughs> so it I actually used to say it's like a baby right sometimes our mental health is like a, a, when you ha- when you pop out a baby right it's a newborn all it does is cry poop pee and eat mm-hmm. that's essentially what it does right mm-hmm. and I say how long does it take to get them to walk right? It takes mm-hmm. them a long time. So that's kind of like sometimes working on your mental health. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's a long process, just like from getting a newborn to start walking. And even then they're still kind of like that weeble wobble and they still fall down mm-hmm. type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, that's exactly like mental health, right? you got to take it in those baby steps because you don't start off running right out of the womb. Right. Right. <laughs> like Can you, you can't, like you, <laughs> like you can't even like hold your head up. Right. Right. So it's the exact same thing. So take that grace mm-hmm. as well and recognizing, you know what, even if I just shower and put on new clothes, that's still a defeat, yeah. especially when you struggle with severe depression or, an, you know, another mm-hmm. mental health. Yeah. Right. And I think I, I like the, the way that we're framing it is like instead of thinking like, oh, I'm going to go walk a mile every day after work. Why don't you like step back a couple minutes? Like maybe it's just sitting outside and soaking in the sun when the yep. weather's nice. Like. That's a win. Instead of pressuring yourself to be perfect, and this is something that I do because mm-hmm. I have that perfectionist mentality. Um, so yesterday, like, when I took my walk with my dog, I was like, yeah, like, I walked a mile. Like, I was mm-hmm. happy. I felt great. I came home, and then I had practice. I was in a great mood. Um, but I'm not going to – I try really hard not to pressure myself to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there are some people that can work out every day. I cannot do that. I don't work right. out every Not every day, but like But I morning, try to. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. And then I like start punishing myself. But mm-hmm. instead I like have to allow myself the grace and the permission mm-hmm. to just say, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's okay. I was, I'm taking care of myself. And by taking care of myself, I might just need to sit outside for a couple hours and soak mm-hmm. in the sun. Or I might need to go for a drive. Or I might need to go to Target. Like mm-hmm. things that like smaller things to fill my bucket help me more. Like, I got dinner with my mom the other night, and it was 
amazing because I haven't seen her in a, in a couple right. weeks. But like I said before, she's my person. And so, like, getting dinner with friends, if you can't, if you don't feel like going out, maybe doing, like, something smaller. Like, mm-hmm. having one friend over instead of, like, however many friends you usually would yeah. have. The whole group. So, I do like that we're framing it as, like give yourself that permission yeah and, and grace and it's okay right yeah. so like yeah. i'm the same way like if i don't go to the gym i'm like wow rebecca <laughs> like you yeah. really mm-hmm. should probably go like you're getting fat mm-hmm. and then i have to like take myself back and be like you know what it's okay like i mm-hmm. it's okay because there are some days when i'm just physically exhausted mm-hmm. and i recognize that if i continue to push myself i'm going to get sick yeah, yeah. like you know so also having that grace and also recognizing that sometimes your body does need rest. Mm-hmm. We yeah. do a lot, and especially those who are have kids who what you know have another job, whatever the in school, whatever the case is. Like we all hold a lot, and also recognizing that your body does need rest, and it's okay mm-hmm. to take that rest and to take a little bit of that selfish time for yourself. Yes, I mean, um, go back to your baby analogy. How much sleep do babies need? Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, if we're How in that space, dog need? yeah. 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 I think the other piece with the baby analogy that kind of was an epiphany in my brain is when babies do anything, it's a victory, right? Yeah. Such a celebration. So we need to be able to celebrate our little victories too. Yeah. And and those replacement behaviors that we're Mm -hmm. using. So it's a it's just the the small little wins. Like we're not looking for that one eighty because it will never. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it will never happen. But, but the likelihood, like yes, it's, yeah, you right. know, it's never going to happen, you know, in a night type mm-hmm. of thing. It's, it's going to be a long process. We're in a marathon. We're not mm-hmm. in a sprint. It's, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's being able to recognize that it's, you know, it's not, there's no magical pixie dust. Right. Right. And I wish I could have that magical power, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's, 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 you know, you being able to put in the work yeah mm-hmm. i think of this quote um i don't know where i saw it but it was somewhere not in a book just throw that out there it was not in a book let me put my shocked face on yeah. <laughs> <gasps> not i know book? not in a book um but it was strive for progress not perfection yes mm-hmm. it's like one of my favorite yes, quotes ever like mm-hmm. um is that who it's from What'd you say? I said it's my mantra. I thought said a Cleopatra. No. I said Cleopatra said that? No, it's my mantra. All right, never mind. Um, it's Chelsea's mantra, not Cleopatra. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that's something that I that's stuck with me. And it's because I am a perfectionist. Yep. So go out there and strive for progress. Yeah. What was that quote that I sent you guys the other day? Because um, I sent you. Oh, this. you are an oh, accomplishment. Yes, you are an accomplishment, not what you accomplished during the day. That made my day when you sent yes. that. I was like, oh. And I got incredible. that from my intern Nellie. So shout out to Nellie. She told Ooh. me she was watching some. Um, I don't know what's it like a CEU, like a continuing education type oh, of thing, like a, like a little training. Yes, yeah. Thank you. That again, I'm losing my words. Okay, that's alright. <laughs> um, so she told me that the other day. I'm like. <gasps> I need to text Julia and Chelsea that because they'll appreciate it. Yeah, yes, and it's so, so true. It it's is. like, it's those small, like, little things. Because some days I'm like, you know what, Rebecca? At least you did the dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. Just those small little things, especially if I'm really struggling with my depression. Mm-hmm. And especially with my depression, I literally, like, I want to isolate. I want mm-hmm. to do nothing. I want to speak to no one. I want to hide in a hole. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you need to at least do a little bit of something like you know better the opposite action to emotion mm-hmm. you know that that type of thing so it, even as a social worker and was once a therapist I have to even remind myself oh, like no. Rebecca like practice what you preach yep yeah. right if I'm if I'm work, when I was working with like severely depressed kids I'm like practice what you preach girl like let's do some mindfulness mm-hmm. let's do some things even though it's you do not want to freaking do it yeah let's do it anyways mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. it's hard and so I can appreciate when I work with kids mm-hmm. or who like whatever population I can appreciate and I can understand what not mm-hmm. fully but I can kind of somewhat understand how hard it is and how mm-hmm. much work you need to put into it yeah yeah I agree I agree with celebrating the small things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So can we get cheesy and also practicing what our pre- what we preach and end with a small victory from this week for us? Oh, or today. okay. Yeah. Or today? Yeah. yeah. I have one if you want some time to think. I can start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as I previously stated with my lovely Charlie story, I am not a morning person and I had already warned Julia and Rebecca that I would be lucky to get to work on time today <laughs> because of how much early I had to get up. And I was at the school at 7.26 instead of 7.30. Wow. Nice. Okay. I know, right? So proud. So, so thank you. Proud. Thank you, thank you. So proud. Okay. Um, so because it's been a couple long weeks um, with like a lot of things going late for work, I needed time for myself so on Tuesday you know I wasn't really feeling great so I decided like you know what I'm not gonna push myself I I need to take this time and recognize I I need to just take the night off from my practice so I was able to just I I really I truly wasn't feeling good so Uh like I like just was tired Mm -hmm. and I just not feeling my best and I knew that if I went it would have drained I, you. I would have been drained, and then the next day would have been worse. Mm-hmm. But also would have been have, wouldn't have not have, wow would have not been good for my kids because then mm-hmm. I wouldn't be in a good mood. Yep. Yeah. So I decided, you know what? I I need the night, and I just I had dinner with my husband. We sat on the couch. We watched a movie. Like it was it was really nice to just take a break, and I went to bed early. So that, that nice. was my victory. Like it was Snap very self care okay. and like recognizing what I needed. So amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. What about you? Um, honestly, I think back. To, I think this week was with my with one of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, him and I struggled a little bit when I first started because we didn't have that rapport. But now mm-hmm. that I built that rapport, and twice now, I've been able to get him back in the room mm-hmm. and with not a ton of fight. Mm-hmm. And like typically before, he would like yell at me and scream at me and stomp his feet and we'd be mm-hmm. in the hallway for a very very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but just recently, like, you know, I was able to interact with him, you know, get him to laugh a little bit. And then I asked him if we can get into his classroom and he said, well, can I hold your hand? And I said, of course. And we walked back into the classroom and, you know, again, that happened actually yesterday again too, Mm -hmm. where he was struggling a lot of the day. And then he decided to wander down in the stupid little ramp area that I hate (laughs) and he starts climbing on it. And now that I've built that rapport with him, I was able just to, like, talk with him and be like, come on, buddy, like, mm-hmm. let's get back into class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And typically, he w- no, before, he would, like, yell at me, scream at me, like, the whole nine yards, climb the stupid ramp that I hate. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't tell, I really hate that ramp. <laughs> um, but instead, I was like, come on, let's go back. He said, okay. He's mm-hmm. like, but can I hold your hand? I said, Aww. of course, you can hold my hand. And then we walked back up into 
where his classroom is and he sat down and got ready for dismissal so like to me that even though like that was like that to me was a big victory with him mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like he's I had a, I actually saw like you guys actually for help because I didn't know how to handle mm-hmm. him in the beginning when I first started and then now like he still gives me a little run for my money, but not as much. <laughs> All kids do. <laughs> and, you know, but we've built that rapport and I was, and it just made me feel so happy that like we're having that rapport now. We're having that relationship and I feel like he is trusting me a lot more and we've built that, po- I've built that positive praise with him and everything about being in his classroom and now he's more willing to go with me mm-hmm. into the classroom. Yeah. So that was, so that was really big for me this so week. Exciting. Chelsea snaps like I snap too. I I'm snap. A clapper. I can't. I can snap, but I. That's fair. I know. You did great. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Right, well, thank you for tuning in to our third episode. Can you believe it's our third episode? Ooh. I know. We have a lot of fun here. Um, and next week, we are going to be talking about anxiety. Um, so we talked a little bit about anxiety and depression today. Uh, so we will dive deeper in making them their own little podcast episodes. And I think we're going to have a special guest next week, which is super exciting. Um, again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Feel free to leave us a comment on our podcast. I think you can do that. If not, I'm sorry. I just lied to you. (laughs) But we hope that everybody has a great weekend. And remember to enjoy the small victories that you make throughout your days. Mm -hmm. Bye. And go Duke. Duke.